This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Thrilled to bring back Ace handicapper Brian Natto. It's a very special day at his home base, Gulfstream Park in Florida. Here's why. It is the running of the $3 million Pegasus World Cup Invitational, where the best of the best go head-to-head in this Winter Classic event. Brian will break down the Pegasus for us and also offer his insights on Gulfstream's strong undercard today. Woodbine thoroughbred trainer Ted Holder will be making his debut on Ponies 24-7 this morning. Ted rose to prominence last year when his horse, Akauko Paipu, was a starter in the King's Plate. That was a huge accomplishment. And then finished second in the Prince of Wales. And now in 2024, Ted has his eye on a short-term goal, winning the Sandy Lane Barbados Gold Cup running on Saturday, March the 2nd. We will meet and greet Ted and find out how he's preparing for this next milestone race. And standard-bred driver Brett McDonald is another first-timer on the show. 2023 was a great year for Brett. It saw him lead all Flamborough Downs drivers in purse earnings, and he had a stellar season at Woodbine Mohawk Park as well. So what's in store for 2024? We're about to find out here on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. And finally, he's back. My fantastic co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show. Please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our new show feature, In Case You Missed It, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horseman's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my co-host, Larry Simpson, who really never needs any introduction. You are world famous in the world of horse racing, Larry. This is sponsored by RS Bulk Propane, in case you missed it. Woodbine Mohawk Park released its stakes sked for 2024. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it is. They've got uh, $3 million races uh, this year planned, uh, the Pepsi North American Cup and the... uh, uh, Mohawk Million in the Metro Pace Final, and uh, they've, they've added a couple of uh, Grand Circuit races again from the Hamiltonian Society, which are brand new. So yeah, it's it, it's uh, great stuff. There's a, there's a lot of money there, uh, you know, that these horses will be racing for at Woodbine Mohawk Park. And same on the thoroughbred side. So Woodbine uh, has offered its start date for the thoroughbreds, and I've got my calendar in front of me here. You can hear it. There it is. <laughs> and my pen is click, 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 ready to go. Well, uh, the thoroughbreds are going to start at uh, Woodbine on April the uh, 27th, which is a Saturday. Now, it's uh, a couple of weeks later than when they started last year. And they're going to go to Sunday, December the 15th. So it's a, I think it's a little shorter schedule, but I think part of it was taken into consideration for the uh, training of the horses and that they did have some issues with the, uh, the training track in that last year. So uh, uh, I think they're going to, you know, get the, get the problems fixed. And, Smart and, moves. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think probably April 27th, there'll be a lot more horses ready to go, so it'll be fuller fields. So it's a, it's a positive for the uh, for the better. And you and I will be there. Yeah. Yes, we will. That's a date. Eclipse Awards took place on Thursday night. Sophia Viva is a great friend of the show. She was up for Apprentice Jockey of the Year and didn't quite make it, but she was nominated, and that's important. Uh, she was nominated, and she was, you could say, the top three apprentices in North America. Uh, she did lose to uh, Axel Concepcion, who had a, a great year. Uh, just a couple of other highlights. Uh, Cody's Wish was Horse of the Year. Uh, Bill Mott was Outstanding Trainer, and I, I don't believe that uh, Bill had ever won this before. That's great. And of course, Irad Ortiz Jr. was uh, leading jockey again. So uh, yeah, it uh, it was it was a pretty good night. Good stuff, Larry. Thank you. And that's In Case You Missed It, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian owned and family operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. We are so pleased to be joined today by Gulfstream Park handicapper Brian Natto as the Florida Thoroughbred Track preps for a stakes-filled card, culminating with the da-da-da, $3 million Pegasus World Cup Invitational. Brian, welcome back to the show, and tell us, what's the weather like today? Yeah, and thanks so much. I appreciate it, Larry. Thank you so much for having me. The weather today is perfect. I I think it's uh, off the top of my head the best weather we've had for the Pegasus. About eighty degrees, no really rain in sight at all, and uh, we're locked and loaded for a monster day here at Gulfstream Park. That's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> I would take that it. Is incorrect. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. All right, let's get right into it, Brian. Now, what? Makes the Pegasus so special, do you think? And uh, break down today's race for us. 
Yeah, it's just a huge day. It's a red carpet kind of day. Uh, Larry, you know, they really turned it into a, a, an event more than just a, a day at the races. Uh, you know, of course, we have the Fountain Youth in, in the Florida Derby, which everybody loves to come to. But the Pegasus is an event, and you've seen it since its inception with all the... Uh, the, the, the talent, you know, the, the, that they've assembled here in the entertainment industry and things like that. They've got Calvin Harris this year, which, you know, I'm admittedly not in the loop on that, but he's one of the world's renowned uh, DJs. So uh, it's just a, it's they've turned it into a can't miss kind of event and uh, it meshes racing with with entertainment for just a marquee day. And who is making buzz? Who is, is is everyone talking about in terms of the field? Well, and certainly the the list starts with with National Treasure, who won the Preakness up at our sister track, uh, Pimlico, last year. And now he's a newly turned four year old uh, for Bob Baffert, and he was last seen just running a, a a brilliant second to who was voted Horse of the Year just the other night, Cody's Wish. Oh, great. In the Breeders' mm-hmm. Cup Dirt Mile, yeah. So uh, the the list starts with National Treasure, but of course, First Mission is in here as the second choice, and uh, he was pointing to the Preakness and wasn't able to make the race, but he's come Brad Cox, and now he's got some races in him and behind him, and he comes with a world of upside for for Brad, who everybody knows is, is just, you know, so good at what he does, uh, an Eclipse award-winning trainer himself. So it's a very... Um, it's a very fun clash, but there's other things going on too that if you don't want to take the two favorites, you know, there's some prices in there as well. And the Pegasus has become a really big deal for winter racing, hasn't it? So is there a race, a Pegasus that still resonates with you from the past? Uh, that's a good question, Lair. Uh, you know, the, the California Chrome Arrogate clash didn't really happen because California Chrome was kind of over the top at that point. Um, but you know, Gunrunner probably stands out to me. The future, what I'd like to think is he'll get voted into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, he was brilliant, and uh, you know, the Pegasus has really, really been able to kind of find itself in a very cool niche on the racing calendar. And uh, we, we get to see horses. Nick's go, you know, won this race brilliantly a few years back. And then, you know, he retired. Uh, well, how about life is good? I mean, there's just so many of them that, that stand out. And, and honestly, later today, I don't see why it would be uh, any different, you know. And Brian, is the Pegasus considered a part of the trail to the Kentucky Derby? No, and that's it's a. Uh, these are the horses that are you know after the Derby. We've we've had some Triple Crown contenders, but uh, you know these are the horses now that have turned four and they've kind of put that behind them. Now there's several other stakes races uh, today, Brian. Is there any other horses today that catch your eye in any of these races? I think the Pegasus, the Philly and Mare Turf is a is a pretty wide open race. Um, you know, the favorites to me are going to be tough in the in the Pegasus Turf and the Pegasus World Cup. But in the Philly Mare Turf, there's some prices in there. Like, of course, Ruby Nell, who is probably going to be the controlling speed. She's only got one way to go. Can she last this distance against, you know, elite competition? That remains to be seen. But I think this is a very speedy turf course at Gulfstream Park, and it sometimes carries horses. And I'm hoping that'll be the case with her. 
So let's quickly talk about how you can handicap the Pegasus. How do you go about doing this? This is an incredible field of horses. How do you handicap this race? Yeah, I mean, there's a differing opinions in this race. So some people mm-hmm. think there's going to be a real uh, hellacious kind of pace. There's a there's a one turn horse hoist the gold coming down from New York. who was so good just winning the cigar mile over a very, very speed bias track. He kind of only probably knows one way to go and his only path to victory is try to wire the field. Certainly national treasures, not letting anybody get away early. He's got a world of speed too, but he's outside hoist the gold. And, uh, you know, from there it remains to be seen. The one thing I will say, um, and I am on national treasure. I just think he's too much racehorse for this group. Um, we've seen it now in the past time and time again in the Pegasus, regardless of who's won the race, you better be close early because you're not going to loop the field. You're not going to come from way out of it. Nine furlongs on the main track at Gulfstream Park. It's just not a path, a recipe for success. You better be close early in the Pegasus. You alluded to uh, Cody's wish winning the horse of the year eclipse award on Thursday night. Uh, did you agree with that? And were there any surprises from the Eclipse Awards, Brian? Uh, you know what? I was. I don't disagree with it. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, White Barrio won the, the most significant race, and that's the Breeders' Cup Classic, and they split decisions, but I'm not going to certainly argue with it. I will say this, Larry. Uh, I was shocked at the margin. It was a very convincing mm. win. Uh, so I was a little shocked at the margin, how comfortable it was. But uh, it was a great story, as we all know, and I'm sure everybody is aware of the Cody's story uh, that just captivated the, not only the racing public, but the, really the, the world, for that matter. Um, so that was a great, great story. Uh, as far as surprises, nothing really stands out to me. Maybe some of the horses that got votes not not the actual winner uh somebody voted for practical move i think as horse of the year which is <laughs> unfathomable but uh, that we could have a whole different discussion yeah absolutely <laughs> so i want to go back to cody's wish just before we move along could there have been sentimentality involved in that decision well i don't think there's any doubt about that i mean that's that's that was the story, but yeah. you know, aside from that, he was a brilliant racehorse who put together a a start to finish campaign, and you know, he's a very, very worthy horse of the year, uh, without a doubt, because he won um, very sig- significant races and, and put together a resume. And I think, I think voters and, and I agree with this. There's something to be said for putting together a campaign. Uh, and he basically did that uh, from start to finish. And I think that's pretty cool because in this day and age of racing, we, we really rarely see that. And in hindsight, that probably hurt White Barrio a little bit. He just didn't just didn't meet the starter enough and, and didn't get going probably until much too late. Well, let's talk about uh, Gulfstream now. You're in the middle of, you could say, your championship meet, which started in, in December. How's the racing been, uh, the handles, and uh, any any surprises on the racetrack? It's been great, Larry. Uh, the, the, the turf course has been very, very well received. It's held up exceptionally well. The weather's been a little bit of an issue. It's been a, it's been a, I, you know, I, I know where you guys are. I don't want to beat you up. We're listening. Too much. Yeah. It's been a trying winter down here. It's been, it's rained like it does in the summer down here, but that seemingly has been put behind us. 
and we've kind of turned the corner on that. And, you know, as we talked about, the weather today is phenomenal, and going forward, it, it looks it as well. Handle has been great. I mean, they're, they're, they're firing. The, the Rainbow Six is approaching a uh, million dollars. The pools today will be absolutely massive, probably $2 million in the late pick five. So uh, it's a front and center day where they'll be firing with both hands today. Gulfstream is one of the most famous, well-known and revered racetracks in the world. What makes it so special, Brian? Well, and I think there's just a, a, a kind of a meeting in the middle of a lot of different things. It's South Florida in the winter. So you can come to Gulfstream Park and you can go to Miami if you want. You can go to Fort Lauderdale. You can enjoy world-class racing. The beach is a mile and a half away. Uh, it's 80 degrees. You know, I mean, people just, it's, it's kind of, it's a destination and people make uh, a weekend at, at Gulfstream, a, a vacation. You know, you probably see that a lot with like football teams. I mean, the Dolphins, I went to the Dolphins Bills game a few weeks back and it was probably 40, 50% Bills fans because it's a destination mm. for people. And I think they view Gulfstream Park just like that. I have a lot of friends in Saratoga. A lot of my best friends are still there where I, where I came from. And every fountain of youth year, that's their vacation. You know, 20 of them come down and they're here for a week. So I just think it's the perfect spot to do that. And then, oh, by the way, world-class racing here, here as well so yeah. it's great yeah i think the bills fans just wanted to get away from the snow didn't oh. they? so <laughs> and it's relentless yeah yeah. yeah now it's pouring rain in in buffalo yeah <laughs> poor yeah. souls well let's 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 talk kentucky derby trail you guys have got uh, a couple of races coming up talk about that yeah, we've got the Holy Bull next Saturday, which is, uh, you know, really going to start the path now to uh, certainly not only what everybody hopes is Kentucky Derby, but more front and center, our Curlin, Florida Derby, which is March 30th uh, this year. So we're going to get the Holy Bull going, and, and there's a good chance that the uh, two-year-old champion Fierceness is, is going to be in there, which is super exciting because, you know, Todd Fletcher has used this path here at Gulfstream Park for my goodness, coming up on probably a quarter century and it's helped put him in the Hall of Fame and, you know, with the work he's done here at Goldstein Park, we saw Forte win the race last year, two-year-old champion last year, and they're going to try to try to do it again, but we've got a lot of um, talented three-year-olds that I think are just kind of bursting out of the seams. I'll, I'll say this, last year's Pegasus Maiden Special Weight Race, which is race two today, that is the race where Mage debuted, so oh, wow. of course went on to win the Kentucky Derby, um, so that's race two today. And if you look at that field, there's, you know, loaded with potential and there's going to be a lot of people talking about that. So um, it's it's an exciting time of year, as, as we always say, hope springs eternal in these kind of when you're talking about this kind of year and talking this time of year and moving towards uh, the Kentucky Derby. You know, you really cast quite an eye through everything, all races all around North America, in particular in the southern United States who have. And I ask you this every time we're together. Who have you got your eye on? Who do you think is going to leap out in 2024 and surprise all of us? These three-year-olds just um, by the day improve open lengths. I mean, uh, last month, Todd Pletcher debuted Born Noble, who was freakish in winning. Um, Doug McGahee and other Hall of Famers got change of command. So these are horses we're kind of watching a little bit and uh, to see if they can progress down the path. You know, we know what the fiercenesses of the world can do, the champions or the graded stakes winners. It's always exciting to see what the, the up-and-comers can do, and I think Born Noble is probably right at the tip of everybody's tongue. What, what he did, what he did uh, about a month ago, 
and uh, and then change of command is another one. He's now got an allowance win under his belt as, as well. We'll see him in stakes company sooner rather than later. So those are a couple, I think, to really uh, keep your eye on just off the top of my head. Horses that are have a world of potential. Hmm. Beautifully put. Well, before we let you go, Brian, uh, last question for you. You, t- you talk about the horses and, and their performances. What about the jockeys? You've got a lot of champion jockeys there at Gulfstream riding this meet. Is there a jockey that you think is going to have a real breakout year this year? Breakout year? I don't know about that um, because the group here is so established. Larry, we've got Irad Ortiz riding here on a daily basis. Paco Lopez has been phenomenal this championship. Me, uh, up and comers, it's a tough colony to make a dent mm. um, because everybody is so well uh, established. You know, Tyler Gaffalione was on the Eclipse ballot this year, I believe, for the first time. And I don't, I don't even think I can call him up and coming anymore. He's here, but, you know, he's one of the younger uh, riders that, that is really on the precipice, I think, of, of being you know, close to the top. Um, you know, one of the locals, Edgar Zayas, is, is on the leaderboard for the championship meet so far, and that's really good to see because he's a guy we get to see on a pretty much a day-in, day-out basis. You know, a lot of our locals, um, sometimes, you know, just because the big names come in, the big outfits come in, and they ride for the big outfits, sometimes our locals get swept under a little bit. But, you know, we have so, so many talented riders that are here throughout the year, so it's kind of exciting. Quick question, quick answer. Are you champing at the bit to get today's party started, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> the heavy lifting is... <laughs> yes, actually. Yeah, the heavy lifting is kind of done. So that's yeah. the, actually the exciting part. And now we can we can do our thing in the afternoon. And, <laughs> and enjoy. Hopefully cash some tickets as well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And enjoy. Yeah. Well, Brian, thanks for doing this. And uh, uh, hopefully uh, you, you do have some luck at the betting windows. And we'll talk soon. Sounds good, Larry. And thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys soon. Appreciate happy, it. Happy trails, Brian. Thank you. Take care. When we come back, Woodbine Thoroughbred trainer Ted Holder joins us shortly on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. 
Ontario Racing. The excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ted Holder, a name we know and admire. Kauko Kaipu, another name we know and admire. We're talking about thoroughbred racing greatness on both fronts, trainer and horse. The trainer, Ted Holder, is our guest now in Barbados. Welcome to the show, Ted. Thank you. Well, let's get right into it, Ted. Uh, talk about last year in Kauko Kaipu in the, uh, the King's Plate. What was it like to be part of that uh, Triple Crown Series. I was a thrill. It was uh, some place I've never been before, so it still stands out in my mind. Talk about how challenging it was to get a spot in the King's Plate. Uh, it wasn't too challenging once I got him to win his first race of the year because then I knew he was progressing in the right direction. I mean, his first race he didn't win, but he was beaten by a horse who subsequently turned out to be undefeated as a three-year-old. Were you disappointed at the result of the King's Plate? Very much so. The wins were was level myself. <laughs> so what do you think went right in the King's Plate? But if I, if I can ask you, what went wrong in the King's Plate? Nothing went right in the King's Plate. Mm. <laughs> and what went wrong was he didn't show up. Yeah. The horse yeah. chose that day not to run mm. at all. He's run 14 times, and that was the only time in his career he never got involved in a race at any point. And why, why do you think that, Ted? Was there maybe he just was feeling off, or, or what? Only the heavens know. It's a myth to me. And, and, Ted, how did you train him leading up to the King's Plate? Was it sort of a race every 14 days or every 21 days? How did you train him, prepare him? Uh, I think coming into the King's Plate, he had five to six weeks between races, oh. but he was coming off of a pretty close four races in, uh, I want to say, a month and a half. He ran almost every 15 days coming up to that, so I needed him to come in a tad fresh and not leg weary. Yeah. But I again... I don't think that was the case in the King's Plate because he never wants big to feed up. On your plate this year is the uh, Barbados Gold Cup. You're, you're interested in racing in that uh, March the 2nd. Uh, why? I was born in Barbados in 1969. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in and got involved in horse racing. At the time when racing in Barbados was, I would have to say, at its peak in the 80s Barbados racing was tops in the Caribbean. It was a place to be on the Saturday evening. We had, I would say, about 30 race days a year, and the best the best horses came to Barbados to compete. 
we had horses coming from Jamaica, Martinique, Trinidad. And at that stage, we started getting a lot of influence in horses coming from Canada and the USA. How did you get involved in the industry initially? You were born in Barbados. You saw all of this going on. It seems like it was a mecca for horse racing. How did you personally get involved? Someone loved me. <laughs> there was a elderly white gentleman who lived not far from my grandmother who took a liking to me and treated me like a son. So he had horses. He got me involved in horses. And the rest is history. And you became a trainer. That's something very specific, and it takes great skill, and it also takes a connection with, with a horse. Wh- where did that come from for you? How did you learn to connect with horses? Uh, it started back in Barbados, I would say. I had these ponies and thoroughbreds we worked with when I was growing up. So the connection started there, but... Mr. Edjo, he was adamant to me that he didn't want me to be a groom in Barbados. No way, no how. It was, there was no future in it. Yeah. You can get involved in horses, you can own horses, but you can't make a living and have a family if you want to be a groom. It just, it's just not financially the right decision for a family. So I had to go get a bit of edu- education and then an opportunity came about in 1988 to move to Canada. And that came to in 1989. Why is Barbados, though, such a, a, a mecca for horse racing? Like, you, you've got, you know, jockeys galore that come out of there and, and come up here to North America and ride. What is it that makes uh, Barbados stand out from all the other places and, and supply all these uh, participants in racing? Passion. We are very passionate about our horses. Uh, a Barbadian would become in love with a horse leading up to a race, even though it might not be the best horse on paper. It might be the best horse in that person's mind, so he's going to dedicate all of his energy to wishing the best for that horse. And you'll have the arguments left, right, and center, mm-hmm. but you can't sway that person's mind as long as, as long as he's in love with that horse. That's the winner for him. Ted, we know Barbados. I've been many times. I love it there. It's hot. It's humid. The average temperature at this time of the year is 80, 90 degrees. What effect does that have on horses who are shipped in for races? It could have a adverse effect if you come too close leading up to a race mm-hmm. and if you're not prepared. That's why it goes to the quarantine inner things with me. Usually we train in the afternoon. Afternoon, we're in Ocala, the temperature is usually 70s, high 60s, 70s. But then we keep them well blinded 24 hours a day, so they're quite acclimated to the weather. I want to go back to the, the Gold Cup uh and and talk about there's a special connection between the Barbados Gold Cup and Woodbine because uh, uh, you've had jockeys like Patrick Husbands, John O'Jones, Rico Walcott, Slade Callahan, Simon Husbands, Emil Ramsamy, and even Sandy Hawley have all won the race. And even friend of the show trainer Mark Cassie won it in, in 2010. 
Why is this connection there, do you think? Uh, this goes back to our original stalwart, the guy who made it all possible for most of us to be in Canada, Ricky Griffiths. Mm-hmm. He was the first Barbadian writer. He was he it was also the first Barbadian owned and trained horse that won the Gold Cup. So nineteen eighty four, that was the connection. Ricky moved to Canada in eighty six, eighty seven, and he advertised Barbados the best he can. Yeah. I mean, for the first ten years, most everyone there associated Barbados and Ricky Griffith on the racetrack. And do they now look at uh, the Gold Cup and they think Ted Holder? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but, uh, I'm pretty sure I they have, do. <laughs> I have done my part. <laughs> I have done my part in the last six years to boost it as best as I can. Ted, who will you be entering into the Barbados Gold Cup on March the second? Who who have you got your who have you earmarked for that race? At present, I have two horses that arrived in Barbados recently for the Gold Cup and are nominated. Mm. They are Polish's Humor and Pat's Sewing Machine. What would it feel like if either one of them won? I would be elated, ecstatic. <laughs> it would be. I would finally have my name in the record books. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Can we talk about Kauku Kaipu? When you first met that sure. horse, what, what, tell us that what that was like. You, the very first time you saw him, what was he like? What was it like? The first time I saw him was actually on a video. When I, when I bought that horse, I was in uh, England at the Tata Social shopping also. But I wanted him. Huh. Uh, I have... One of my clients owned a sister, and she has a lot of talent. Yes, injuries have slowed her down. But I knew he, if he was only a fraction as talented as she is, he would be a horse that should win us a couple of races and we can have some fun. When you finally saw him face-to-face, if you will, <laughs> did he live up to your expectations? No. He was just an average-looking gangly two-year-old cold. Mm-hmm. It's only he started showing signs of being a good horse when he had got his gate card. The day he got his gate card is when he decided he wanted to be a racehorse. Yeah, and, and he was he a racehorse. <laughs> I want to go back to Ricky Griffith for a second because you mentioned that he was, you know, the guy that started this whole connection between Woodbine and that Unfortunately, he passed away uh, uh, last year, but there was also a special connection between you and Ricky Griffith, wasn't there? Yes. Ricky's brother and I are best friends. I mean, there are three of us who grew up pretty close together, myself and then Chris Griffith and another guy called Dean Springer, and we've remained friends to this day, so we're going back 35-plus years of friendship. Ted, you are famous, you are successful, you have a bright future and an illustrious past. Did you ever think that it was going to end up being this way? Did you ever think that you would reach this this pinnacle of success in your life? No, but I've dreamt about it every day. Did you really? I, I mean, wow. this, is, this is something that I wanted from 
1990. I mean, yeah. I go back to the days when that smart was running. I was all excited and googly eyed. That was another special horse that really made me want to be a trainer. Mm. Well, Ted, before we let you go, last question for you. You want to win the Bar- Barbados Gold Cup in March. Is there another race in North America that you still want to win? King's Plate, maybe? Yes, I am. <laughs> I am dreaming of winning that race. I mean, <laughs> I don't have anything as yet for the 2024 edition, but I have a couple calls for the 25 edition, hopefully. Hopefully they pan out and I'll get my name in the record books there. Can you mention those names just so that we hear them now in January and then we'll hear them on King's Plate Day? <laughs> One of them. There, there, there are two little quotes that we haven't quite named as yet. Yeah. I see, uh, I see. We're still, I like, I like associating my names with the finish. And so we haven't yes. quite gotten that sorted out yet. Yeah, because Kauko Kaipu is a Finnish name. Yes. Yeah, wow. Ted, thanks for doing this, and uh, good luck in March. Hopefully, we'll see you at the Barbados Gold Cup. Thank you. Hopefully, you guys make it on down. <laughs> yes, well, that would be great. Is that an invitation? We'll take it. <laughs> and we hope for victory. Sure, come on down. Great. <laughs> we, we hope for victory all the way for you, Ted Holder. Thank you so much. You are just wonderful. Great to get to know you. Thank you. I appreciate that. After the break, Standard Red driver Brett McDonald joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. We are so pleased to be joined for the very first time by Standard Red driver Brett McDonald, a former O'Brien Award winner and one of the busiest and best drivers in Ontario harness racing. Brett, welcome to the show for the first time, and it won't be the last, and and just great to have you with us. Thank you guys for having me. Well, let's uh, get right into it, uh, Brett. Let's talk about your career. Where did you start out, and when did you start out? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you also were a future Star O'Brien Award winner, correct? Yeah, my mom and dad, they lived in Ottawa, and then uh, that's where I got my start. I uh, started driving for 
like mom and dad, and then uh, Jamie Copley gave me a pretty good um, start. He let me drive most of the horses in the barn, and he does pretty good. So it was a nice jump at that time when I first got my license. So you said you were driving for your mom and dad. What does that mean? Did they have uh, stables? They had a stable, yeah. yeah. And we t- had. Uh, they always had six or seven horses. Wow. And why standard bread? Why your family, you know, moving into the standard bread side and not thoroughbred? And and what is it that appeals to you about standard bread racing? It was um, like our family. My dad grew up in PEI, and uh, they're big standard bread province and stuff like that. So. That's where dad got into it. And then uh, my grandmother met my grandfather in Moncton. So it all mostly come from the East Coast. And then uh, that's just where they were big standard bread kind of province. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So when you were getting into the business and driving, did you have a mentor? Or was it your dad? Or, or was there somebody else that uh, uh, <clears throat> was kind of a mentor to you? Um, my cousin John drove. And uh, he drove... He was in Ottawa for a long time, and he did very well there. And uh, that was who I kind of looked up to from the driving side of it. And then I looked up to, like, mom and dad and stuff like that. And Jamie was a big thing when I worked there and stuff like that. I tried to learn as much as I could from everybody. So tell us what it's like for you. You know, you're, you're in the bike, you're on the bike, you're you're in the cart, you're you're behind a standard bread horse, you're driving. What's it like for you? What's the experience like? It's a rush. Every time like and every time you get in the bike it's different. It's not the same thing all the time. Like sure the what like the racing is the same, but not every race is the same. There's always something different. And that's the big part about it is it's always a rush. There's always something changing and you never like you can always win, right? And that's the big thing. Yeah. You're you're driving at Flamborough. You're you're driving at Woodby Mohawk Park. Uh, give me an idea. What's a, a week like out of your schedule during the summer? Like, uh, you know, how many tracks would you drive at when all these uh, smaller tracks are racing? I uh, the last couple of years, I tried to uh, kind of wean out going to Clinton and Hanover and those places, just because we were really busy with the barn mm-hmm. and. Uh, I was trying to focus more on that with dad than going to the smaller tracks and then getting the barn better so I could make the move to Mohawks with our own horses instead of kind of worrying about catch drives and stuff like that. Like, you need catch drives for sure, but if our own barn was good, I figured it'd be a lot easier to get in. Brett, you were one of the uh, leading drivers at Flamborough Downs last year. What was it, what is it about that track that that excites you and, and, and energizes you? It's the type of track that it doesn't matter what position you have, you can always you always have a chance. So if you have gate speed and you draw outside, you can leave enough off the gate to get positioned and stuff like that. And that's a big thing. And driving for Richard Monroe really helps a lot. So like he they're always classified and they're always brought to the track ready. So that's a big thing too, driving for somebody like that. This is a question I've asked uh, James McDonald and I've asked uh, Bobby McClure and that when they've been on the show. You're driving at Flamborough, which is a half-mile track, and, and then you're going to Woodbine Mohawk Park, which is seven-eighths. Uh, do you find that it takes you a couple of races to adjust going from track to track, or is it just like old school? You just pick it up and you know get behind the gate? I find not as much now. When I first started going to Mohawk, I found it was a big change. Just 
there's a lot more racetrack and you have to be that much more patient, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's calculated moves at Flamborough and stuff like that, but there's not the calculated moves at Mohawk are so important because it's such a large track and one move the wrong way you don't reach, right? Like you lose that length and the way they race over there, they leave hard and pace home hard or trot home hard. So that's a big thing. Like you lose a couple lengths somewhere along the way, it's hard to make it back up. Brett, what have you learned about the standard red horse racing industry since you uh, first won the uh, O'Brien Award? That was, what, maybe seven years ago, six years ago. So Mm -hmm. a lot has happened since then. What have you learned about yourself and about the industry? I learned that, like, if you want to succeed in this business, so you got to, you got to work hard and that's a big thing of it. You got to go every day and you got to show up and pay your dues and make sure you're there. Right. Cause the way it works here, when you're not there, they're not long passing you by the people that are loyal to you are loyal to you. But if you don't have those loyal people, you don't, uh, a lot of the time it's hard to get work if you don't show up all the time. Sounds like a tough business. Yeah, it is a tough business. And, and very competitive, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Everybody wants to win every night. So <laughs> that's the thing. You got eight guys, nine guys at Flamborough, and you got ten guys at Mohawk, and everyone wants to win. Well, you were talking before about your uh, your parents' stable and your dad's stable and that. Uh, how many horses have you got currently racing at Woodby Mohawk Park now? There's uh, There's... Four racing currently, and there's uh, we have a couple three-year-olds training back that hopefully will race there. Um, we kind of we have a couple good, really good B-track like uh, preferred horses, so they go to Mohawk the odd time, but we try to keep them on a half-mile track just because that's what they're good at. Race day. What's your relationship like with the horse that you're going to drive? Um, you try to do your best to know as much about that horse as possible, and what their strengths are and what they can and cannot do. And sometimes everybody's driving style is different, right? So some horses get along with people better than others. And sometimes stuff works. Maybe that somebody's trying that and you try something different and it works. So every horse is different too. Like you eventually, when you drive with the same horses every night, you kind of figure out what they can do and what they can't do. And do you, that kind of scrutiny when it comes to the other drivers, do you make sure that you know what they're all about? Yeah, and that's the other thing. When it comes to driving with the same guys all the time, you can kind of tell what they're going to do with the horse and what they're not going to do. Now, do you, obviously, you get along with the other drivers, right? Like, talk about James McDonald, for instance, right? Uh, how would you describe him? Um, no relation. Class, He's no relation yeah, either, not right? not spelled the same way, I don't think. <laughs> There's like uh, James. Uh, if a race doesn't go his way or something like that, he's never. He's not one of them guys that's going to come off the track and want to scream at you and stuff like that. Mm. He just goes on to the next race. And James, <clears throat> there is not three people I think in the world that I've ever heard say anything bad about James. And that's just the type of guy he is. He gets along with everybody. He's polite to people, and that's why he's going to probably go as far as he's going to go for a very long time because he's a very likable person. Yeah. And people like that. And what about Bob McClure? Bobby's great too. I get along great with Bobby. Uh, Bobby really helped me when I first moved here. 
just explaining stuff about it. Like, make sure you go to qualifiers. You want to get drives. So I appreciated that a lot from Bobby. When I first come here, he told me a lot, and uh, he helped me through a lot. Best horse you've ever driven, and why? Uh, Salzburg Victor. Say that again. He was the first horse. Uh, Salzburg Victor. Okay. He was the first horse I ever beat sub 50 with, and we own him, so that made it even more special. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Best horse you haven't driven yet? I don't know. I would have... Uh, I would have liked to have drove um, some beach like back then or something like that. But um, like, that's the nice thing about driving good horses. You, there's always a rush to driving good horses. They got three moves and stuff like that. And usually you don't end up in a bad spot because they are that good. Take us back to your first drive, Brett. Um, do you remember your first drive? Where was it and what happened? Was there anything different that happened? Or did, did you happen to win the race or what? Uh, my first drive, I can't remember what his name is now, but, uh, it was, I drove three that night and I drove two for Jamie and one for dad. And, uh, I get away in the three hole, I think. And I finished third. That was my first drive. I didn't win my first race till my 13th one. Oh, wow. What a rush. But you were third in your first. Yeah. That's pretty darn good. <laughs> and was this, was yeah. this at Rito? This was at Rito. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. So Bill let... Marsala was the horse's name. Okay. Say that again. <laughs> Veal Marsala. Isn't it funny? Just on the tip of your tongue, and now it's out. (laughs) So, Brett, I'm trying to guess, and I I often do this. I listen to voices, and I try to figure out a person's age based on their voice. I'm going to guess that you're 27. Yep. What? Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Born uh, August 22nd of 1996. Wow. So you're a young guy, and you're in a family business in, in a way, and you're excelling. What's life like for you right now? How are you all consumed by standard bread racing? Are your all of your friends a part of the industry? Your loved ones, your girlfriends, whatever. Yeah, we're. I'm pretty well all horse related. Uh, my girlfriend's in the business. My friends are in the business. I have friends that I went to school with that I talk to every now and again. But for the most part, everything is horse related. And are your parents in the stands often when you're when you are racing? Uh, dad's here usually, we usually race at night and, uh, mm-hmm. my mom's in Florida in the wintertime. So when she's here, she's here, but, uh, in the wintertime, she's usually in Florida, but she watches every night. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about, uh, goals for the future, Brett, and, uh, a possible race that you'd like to win that you haven't won yet? I'd like to win the Hamiltonian. Oh, really? good for you. And what do you have and, to do? Uh, what do you have to do to get there? Do you think? I think you just kind of have to be in the right place at the right time and get a horse that, or pick up a drive that, is a, kind of makes it that far, right? Like, you might not start out thinking that you're a handbow contender, but you might get that far. You never know. What about something like the uh, Mohawk Million or? Um the uh, Pepsi North America Cup. Is that something that would interest you? Yeah, for sure. We have a couple uh, two-year-old trotters training down this year that it would be nice to win one, Mm. like the Mohawk Million, with one of our own. Sure, sure. Well, it's really great to get to know you. You are a magnificent human being, and you're so great with horses, and you're a good son and, and a great friend now of our show. 
And thank you for sharing some of your insights into the horse racing industry. You know, it's a tough business, but also your hopes and dreams and your goals. It was really an experience being with you, Brett McDonald. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for doing this, Brent. No problem. Anytime. Take care. Thanks, you too. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park and, of course, some racing at other North American tracks. Please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pine View Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pine View dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Lucky Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. This is going to be very exciting. It is. It's, it's a big day of racing, so let's get right into it. Uh, as previously mentioned on the show, it's Pegasus Day at Gulfstream Park with six stakes races on the card today. And what's, one such race is race 12, the first bet Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational. Try saying that five times, right? <laughs> Once was enough. Yeah, I know. It's a mile and an eighth on the uh, grass, a purse of $1 million for uh, Three-year-olds and up, uh, 12 horses have, and a couple of also eligibles have been entered. And I'm going with num- the undefeated number three, Integration, who is three for three lifetime, and all three races were on the grass. Owned by in part by West Point Thoroughbreds and trained by Shug McGahee, I recall when we had friend of the show, West Point's Jason Blewett, on the show just before the Christmas break, and he mentioned that they had high hopes for Integration 
especially with his knockout performance in the grade two hill print stakes at Aqueduct in his last start on November the 18th. Integration shows three ascending buyer speed figures in his three races and has worked steadily since December 24th, including a bullet 101 and 1 five furlong breeze on January 20th. He's reunited today with jockey Tyler Gaffleone, who was aboard uh, him in his maiden breaking performance. And one more thing, besides being undefeated on the grass, he is two for two at today's one mile and an eighth distance. So Gulfstream Park, race 12, number three, integration. Santa Anita has a nine race card today, and race eight is today's feature, the one and eighth mile grade two San Pasquale purse, or San Pasquale stakes, I should say, with a purse of $200,000 for four-year-olds and up. A field of eight have been entered, including number four, Newgate, who despite being off since February 4th of last year, he finished a close second on January 6th at Santa Anita in an optional claimer at six and a half furlongs. That was a tremendous race for Newgate, who was actually considered a threat last year and a top contender for the Kentucky Derby. Newgate has worked super since that January 6th race, and today's longer distance should suit him better than the sprint distance of the last race. And he did actually win the Grade 3 Lewis Stakes at Santa Anita last year at a distance of ground. Jockey Joel Rosario takes over today, and he should be able to put Newgate into the race right from the starting bell. So Santa Anita, race 8, number 4, Newgate. Race 3 at Woodbine Mohawk Park, I believe, offers a potential play that may be overlooked by the betters tonight. Race 3 is a one-mile pace for fillies and mares, purse of $18,000. Number 8, Alabama Hannah, could be a potential price play, as this girl went into last week's race where she finished 5th off a three-week layoff. This filly won two legs in the final of the Niagara Pacing Series back in December, and 6 of 12 races taking her lifetime mark of 151-2 at the Meadowlands. She has enough gate speed to get away from the tricky eight post, and friend of the show, Tyler Borth, is back in the bike for the second time. So there's lots to like. Woodbine Mohawk Park, race three, number eight, Alabama Hannah. Just a note about uh, Woodbine, they have a 12 race card tonight with a mandatory standard jackpot high five in, in race 12. I have another play for it. It's race 11, and in particular, a horse that I selected last week that being number five somewhere in Tuscany. I was literally crying when I watched this guy get <laughs> stuck down on the rail in the stretch, and then he was climbing over horses at the finish. Wow. He finished sixth last week, but was a victim of some bad racing luck. He gets to leave from the center of the gate tonight and is reunited with friend of the show, driver James McDonald tonight, and going into last week's sixth race finish, somewhere in Tuscany had won three out of his previous four races, and he looks to have a great chance again tonight. So Woodby Mohawk Park, race 11, number five, somewhere in Tuscany. Larry, you are outstanding in your field. Come on in. <laughs> Thanks. See you next week, Larry. Wonderful work, as always. A big shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark, and goodbye, and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a little reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine and... By the way, a new one will be released shortly. Please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. Please donate to this cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.